0: Welcome to Copper Courier's The Conduit, your connection to what's happening in Arizona. I'm your host Cameron Stevenson and today I'll be talking with Representative Tom O'Halloran of Arizona's 1st District about how he is able to successfully represent one of the largest and most diverse congressional districts in the country. But first we get a look at how Indigenous communities are able to perform ceremonies older than the United States while remaining socially distant through digital outreach. That's Brandon Buffalohead playing a traditional song he posted to the Social Distance Powwow Facebook group. The group was made to give Indigenous communities a place to worship and celebrate together while on lockdown during the pandemic.
1: In this time, there's a lot of folks in our Native community who are sick, or their family members have tested positive. And very sadly, several of our members have reported
0: that they've lost family to the virus. And another thing that dancers do is we pray. We pray for healing, we pray for strength, and we we pray for our communities and we pray over our people. Stephanie Herbert founded the group with Dan Simons and others back in March. They now have more than 180,000 members from all over the country.
1: Instead of being defeated in in the COVID-19 pandemic, we felt like it was important to do something to try to uh, find a place for people to come.
0: Native American communities have been some of the hardest hit by the coronavirus outbreak, Representative Tom O'Halloran represents a dozen different tribal communities and has been working to gain bipartisan support for tribal pandemic relief funds. Representative O'Halloran, thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. Cameron, how are you doing? Now, first of all, I want to talk about covering your district. You represent one of the largest congressional districts in the country, covers a large amount of rural areas, urban areas how do you find that balance? Because you've, you know, you've been reelected. You seem fairly well liked out there. They like what you're doing. So I'm just kind of curious as how you're able to find that balance.
1: Well, that is the the chores to find a balance uh, and to work at it and and not to, not to look at people and say, well, I'm I'm just not going to do that. You know, we have to find a way for people to, to be able to understand that they're, uh, their government's there for them. They're not here for the government, and uh, and that we work in a way that is productive and able to address the critical issues. And in in these areas, uh, they have a commonality to them. Uh, uh, it's uh, in the rural areas. It's health, care, uh, economic development potential, and education. Uh, if you can take care of those three or address those three, uh, you're you're doing moving in the right direction. Obviously, the district is highly diverse on on uh, on its economy. Uh, you know, we have a north. We have a strong tourism base. Um, down south, we have a strong agriculture base and starting to get more industry in places like Casa Grande and Maricopa and um, Marana and uh, um, Oral Valley, and then in between there, it, you know, we have the Copper Corridor, uh, which has, uh, you know, it's the largest copper producing area in the United States, I believe, and uh, which is highly important, and then you have all the uh, other issues when you have uh, all or parts of six national forests, and it's just a dynamic uh uh, diversity of, of population thoughts, and because of the different areas, you have to balance that also. So, it, that balance is critical, and 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 I think my my skill set, uh, whether I was a, a policeman or in business, uh, has helped out tremendously. And understanding that uh, you, know, you know that you have to work to bring people together.
0: Yeah, it, it it sounds like your professional history in public service really has lent a hand to that. Like you mentioned, you were a police officer. You worked at the state capitol for for about a decade. Um, how do you feel that your experience has led you to this point where you are able to successfully represent our first
1: district? Well, you know, it, it starts when you're younger in life. I, I was, um, my parents brought me up to, to uh, appreciate other people's thoughts. Uh, when I got into uh, high school, I, I worked, uh, I played sports, uh, and, and that teaches you that you have it's teamwork and working together. And as a young person, I, uh, I always worked a team when I was in the police department for 14 years. And in business, you have to work as a team. So um, all those experiences have multiplied to the point where. Uh, you become somebody that just naturally thinks uh, that you have to overcome issues, and that you have to work with others in order to get there.
0: Now, you mentioned education as one of the biggest, you know, one of the main concerns in your district. What are you seeing as far as you know how things are, are working in education in the education system in your different areas? I know for for my kids, it's been a tough couple of months.
1: Well, and, and I imagine your, your children have computers and uh, are able to go to school still. Uh, my granddaughter's here at the house uh, staying with us. Uh, get, I, we got uh, her out of Chicago because of the high amount of virus going on there. And uh, she's attending school, though, in Chicago every morning. And, and that's a distinct advantage that she has uh, versus somebody that's uh, on, on tribal lands or in re- more remote sections of of uh of the area where um, some, some of the smaller communities where you have to have you know kids are up until the virus kids were doing their their homework many times in the parking lot at McDonald's or the library and uh, by by computer because they didn't have um, access to broadband and what that's one of the things that almost day one in, in Congress we've been working towards that and uh, we keep making incremental advances, um, you know, we get, uh, in fact, uh, the emergency has brought out additional uh, uh, identifiable needs that uh, as far as getting messaging out to people and help out to people and having people be able to do telemedicine. And uh, I just, uh, and, you know, I think uh, America better get used to the fact that uh, we're all Americans and we all deserve to be uh, in a position where uh, we have equal access to what is now uh, probably the one of the most important platforms in the world, and where we get from, and where we communicate from, and uh, where we can get help from. Uh, telemedicine is in its infancy, is, uh, and, and uh, as we move out into the future, if that's how some of the healthcare is going to be provided to rural areas, especially. Those of specialists and stuff. Uh, then, then we have to find a way to get it there in in a in a way that's both redundant and also uh, at a speed that's representative of the need. And so, right now, that's not being done, and we're we're working on that. We just passed a. I, I've been working on mapping, uh, and we passed a bill out of the Energy and Commerce Committee last year and signed into law, and that that is. Uh, uh, a bit. actually I took my bill and another bill and put them together and that's, it gives us the groundwork to be able to identify even where, uh, the, um, the systems are because prior to this, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, we weren't able to clearly identify where, where, uh, the broadband systems were. Now we are, uh, we're working towards that. It's going to take a few years to get there, but in the meantime, you know. The bill we just put out, the HEROES Act, uh, that identifies a more uh, needs for rural America and telemedicine and education. Um, education hasn't been forgotten um, by either uh, any of the bills that we have put in addressing the, uh, the virus, and uh, and uh, it won't be in, uh, as we move along in this process. It, it, it highlight, the virus has highlighted Or the response to it has highlighted the critical need of people to have um, information in a way that is quick, meaningful, and can be worked on by different, multiple organizations at the same time to get their messaging out.
0: Now, as as you're working through, you know the heroes act like I said, passed um, past the house. What are some hurdles that you see in the future to actually making these plans a reality? Because we're seeing even with with the CARES Act, the Navajo Nation and tribal communities are still waiting for billions of dollars. What do you see might be some problems in getting the HEROES Act to come to fruition and then to actually realize the promises and commitments that are made in these bills?
1: Well, the the, uh, CARES Act did... uh... Uh, allocate uh, eight billion dollars to Native Americans across the country, and just recently uh, it was late getting there, and we made sure that that the Treasury Department and others knew that. But uh, uh, the, the Navajo has just, just recently gotten six hundred million dollars, and the hospitals—they uh, have a various types of hospitals up there. Uh, these What they call 638 hospitals to the city, Fort Defiance, um, one and over in New Mexico, and one up a stage hospital up in uh, Utah. Uh, They've all gotten uh, millions of dollars because of the impact uh, that the virus has had on them, and the lack of being just like every other area, the lack of being able to uh, get um, elective surgeries done, which has just torn apart their their budgets. Uh, and that goes for hospitals all over the nation, and they, all of those hospitals have been getting help. And then uh, there are a multiple of other issues uh, that are being addressed up there that are uh, helpful. But we have to get over this. I mean, it, it's lasted way too long, and um, I, I'm I'm happy with the re- response that's been there lately. The early response, we, we worked very hard to try to get acknowledgment that this was going to be a problematic spot. And it took time to get uh, that up there, and that's one of the things we're working in. And the, the, the next step is to recognize that uh, testing, trans- uh, transparency, and uh, uh, what do they call it, tracing are going mm-hmm. to be important elements to be able to get confidence of the American public that we can uh, ad- address these issues quickly. We just asked for another 20 billion dollars for tribal uh, governments uh, in the current bill that we're trying to get through. Well, we got it through the House. We'd like to get it through the Senate. Um, and uh, the, the the issue there, and we have to start to look at that what you, some of the things you mentioned: uh, no electricity, no water, uh, bad sanitary conditions. Uh, that goes not only for tribal lands, but for uh, some areas. Uh, many areas in Arizona Um, uh, and we we need to find a way to address those uh, if we're not going to to want to make sure uh, all Americans are are, are, uh, at least able to uh, have the basics of life. Definitely.
0: Uh, How do you feel like contact tracing and testing is being handled in your district?
1: Well, obviously, where there's more people, we need more. Uh, we more, need more testing and tracing. We need to have the tracing and testing uh, available quickly. Uh, right now, to get the, the t- statistical evaluations that we need, and also the um, um, uh, concern about uh, the virus, uh, we we need to do a lot more than we've done. I know they're they're ramping it up, and we have. Uh, uh, since the first bill that we passed, now we uh, we passed and, and the president has signed four bills so far. This bill also has a considerable amount of money in there uh, for testing, tracing, and, and for um, research on uh, vaccines and therapeutic drugs. And uh, in fact, this bill has 75 billion. I'm hopeful that uh, the Senate sees the need for that and gets it out there. Uh, because if if we're going to address this virus, we have to address it from the standpoint of knowing where it's at, uh, identifying it, and 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 then uh, identifying those areas specifically that, that that could be a hot spot and and address the, that quickly. Uh, and you know, in the early stages, you can expect that not to be done, uh, but it went way too far. There, it's, Uh, uh, And uh, we need to uh, make sure that uh, the American public has confidence in us. And that's the key. I I mean, uh, the first four bills were extremely bipartisan. I I mean, there was discussion back and forth, and uh, that has to be, that's part of negotiation. Uh, But uh, we were in a crisis, and what brought us together as a Congress uh, was the need to get something done for the American people. Well. That shouldn't only relate for uh, the bills uh, that we have to get done in crisis. We need to uh, identify that hey, this works, and let's see if we how we can make make it work uh, on a daily basis in Congress and get the things actually done uh, without the uh, overburden of saying you know, well, this might hurt me in my next election. Um, we have to do what's right for the American public, and that's the underlying uh, issue.
0: Representative O'Halloran, thanks again for taking the time to talk with me today. I also want to give special thanks to Jennifer Alvarez and Dylan Simard for contributing to today's episode. For The Conduit, I'm Cameron Stevenson.